Amen. It's exciting to be in the first Sunday of the year. By God's great mercies, we have stepped into 2020. And it's always exciting. It's always very exciting to see another year because we're going to see what God is going to do in our lives in this coming year. I don't know about you, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited about the church and about what God is going to do. What I honestly believe, what I honestly believe is that this year we will experience God's presence more than ever. And I, I believe this, that some of us will have special life-changing encounters with God where our life will never be the same again. I believe 2020 is going to be a special year. So on this first Sunday of the year, I'd like to share something that God put in my heart yesterday. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Can we all read this verse together? Can we read this verse together? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Paul writes this letter to Timothy and in the letter he encourages Timothy by writing these words saying, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, when we look at this passage, this is a passage that's quite familiar to most of us. Many of us know this by heart. And sometimes when fear comes knocking our door, we remind ourselves of this passage. And we are afraid, we remind ourselves of this passage because it reminds us that there is no reason to fear. Is there any reason to fear in life? No. Why? Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. When we come to God, what he has done is he has taken out the fear and he has given us freedom. He's taken out fear and has given us boldness and courage. And I can tell you fear is one of the most dangerous things that we can face in our life. And sometimes, to some of us, fear comes knocking on our door every day. We wake up in the morning, there's a thought, a fearful thought. We, we do something, we are afraid. So every step we take, there's, there's fear, and fear often keeps us from what God wants us to do. Every time we start a new year, we start with a new plan, you know, a lot of resolutions. And sometimes we might take bold decisions, okay, I'm going to do this year. I'm going to do, do this thing this year. We might start with a lot of plans. But after some time, slowly fear will creep into us. Okay, you took a bold decision, but how are you going to do this? Okay, you decided, but how are you going to execute it? Always fear tells us that we cannot do. Fear will tell us, you're going to be a failure. Just like you failed in 2019, 2020 is going to be another failure. So the fear will keep discouraging us from pursuing what God wants us to do. I don't know what state of mind you might be in this morning, but I believe God has a word for you. I believe God has a word for you, reminding that he has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. When I look at the New Testament in the Bible, when I look at the New Testament, there is one character that stands out other than Jesus. There is one character that stands out who was fearless, who was bold, and who was courageous. That was Paul the Apostle. You look at Paul's life, he was a fearless man. You look at Paul's life, he was a bold and a courageous man. And for the past few weeks, I've been personally meditating on the book of Acts of the Apostle. And in the Acts, you see the ministry of Paul. He travels to one place, preaches the gospel, plans a church, teaches there for a year, goes to another place. He keeps doing that. And in almost every place he goes, he faces persecution. But did he stop? No. 
In almost every place he went, Jews are coming against him. People are coming against him. People are mocking him. They are throwing stones at him. They are persecuting him. They are flogging him. He's put into jail, but he never stopped. When I look at this character in the New Testament, I began to wonder, how was it that Paul was bold even in the face of persecution? I tell you, today if someone comes and tells us, hey, if I see you going to church next time, I'm going to do something to you. We'll be like, okay, today I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to worship God because God is with me. I don't have to go to church because we are afraid of threats. We are afraid of things that will come to us. When somebody intimidates us, we give in to that fear. Okay, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to say to me? We are always ruled by fear. But you look at the life of Paul, it was different. Like, he didn't bother about anything. They go one place, they stone him, and people see he's dead. And after a while, Paul gets up, goes back into the same city. Can you imagine that? If something like that were to happen, we would run far away from that place. What Paul does is he gets up, goes back into the same place. So he was a man who was fearless. He was a man who was courageous. He was a man who was bold. And if you look at the history of Paul, if you study the life of Paul, historians say like this, that Paul was not a very impressive man. They say he was short. He was not very impressive to look at. Now, if you take Peter and uh, Paul, put them both together, Peter will look like a man with a six-pack, big body. He's a fisherman, you know, but Paul is a scholar. He's a Pharisee. He's not very impressive. You look at these two lives, they're very different, but you see this one man, Paul, though he was physically very unimpressive, but mentally he was very strong. He didn't worry about anything that came in his way. He didn't worry about the challenges. He sits in the prison cell and he writes, I can do all things. He was so bold, so fearless, and so courageous for the sake of the Lord. And I look at his life and I begin to wonder, what is it that made him bold? What is it that, that made him strong and courageous? Now one thing for sure is that it was the Holy Spirit that helped him to be bold in every situation. But as I began to study his life, I realized that Paul, listen carefully, Paul had a certain view of fear. He saw fear in a very different way. As I look at the epistles and what Paul writes, what I realized, what I found out is that Paul saw fear just as a simple distraction. Now guess what, you know, we're going to do something, something comes to distract you, what do you do? You ignore it, you just, you know, put it away. Sometimes we give in to distraction. We want to send somebody a message on WhatsApp, but by the time we send a message, we check 10 statuses and then reply to a few other messages. And then we, then we realize, okay, I was supposed to send a message to somebody and we, we come back. Paul saw fear as just as a distraction. He saw fear as a distraction. Fear is a distraction that keeps you from God's will and purpose. Let me, I'll explain this more to you. See, so if you look at what Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor, he had a lot of responsibilities. He had a lot of tasks to do in the church. So he says to him, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. What Paul makes it clear to Timothy is that, Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, the fear that you're facing is not from God. The fear that you're facing is not from God because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but the fear that you're experiencing is from the enemy that he uses to distract you. 
What does he do? Fear is a tool of the enemy that he uses to distract you. And let me tell you something. Fear is one tool or one weapon of the enemy that works in all our lives. All our lives. <laughs> if there's one weapon that he's very successful at using, it's, it's that fear. Because why? Many times we have a conversation with fear. When fear comes to us, we ponder to ourselves, oh, is this going to happen to me? Is that going to happen to me? We start spending time with fear. But when Paul saw fear, he just, go, no, I don't, I don't want to talk with you. He saw fear as something that was a distraction from doing God's will and purpose. So he had a certain view of fear that is fear is a distraction. You see, what we often miss in our spiritual life, in our spiritual walk, is that we embrace fear. What do we do? We embrace fear. When fear comes to us, we put a chair for fear. We serve some snacks for fear. Basically, we have, you know, when fearful thoughts come to us, we start thinking about it even more. When fearful thought comes into our mind, we start pondering about it even more. Without our notice, you know what's happening to our lives? Fear has occupied a room in our house. And I can tell you this, in many of our lives, in many of our homes, fear has a room. Fear has a room. That is why when you step out of the house, you go to work, you're like all happy, I'm excited, I'm going to do something. You come back home, what am I going to do? There's a spirit of fear that is ruling the places where we are living. Why? Because we have entertained fear. See, unless you give room, the enemy will not come. Let me say that again. Unless you give room to fear, it's not going to come into your life. The moment you give room to fear, the, open you, the, room, the moment you open up your heart to fear, fear will come and start living in your life. Start living in your life. And sometimes because of fear, do you know what happens? We cannot focus on one thing. I was talking to somebody uh, many years ago and they told me, I started praying. And after that I was doing something. And after 40 minutes, I realized I was actually praying. Fear causes very random thoughts. It'll bring in fear about one situation, about your studies. And all of a sudden, you'll be like, oh, about my marriage. And then about this, about that. And our mind is constantly occupied by so many things. So many things that everything we do, everything we do, even if we have to go out somewhere, we think to ourselves, oh, will some bus guy come and hit me? Or will something bad happen to me? Our mind is filled so much with fear. And I believe as we begin this year, God wants to set some things right in our life. He wants to remind us once again that there is no reason to fear about anything. There is no reason to fear about any situation in your life. Because fear is a distraction. It's not the reality. Many times we think fear to be a reality, something that has already happened, but fear just a distraction. If you ignore it, nothing will happen. Life will be normal. You can fulfill God's purpose. And you see, that is how Paul lived. He never entertained fear. And he's telling Timothy, Timothy, understand this. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And he has not, if he has not given us a spirit of fear, then there is no reason to be afraid of anything. Afraid of anything. I don't know what fear might be ruling your heart this morning. I believe God wants to speak to you very specifically that there is no reason to fear. You look at the life of Moses and Joshua. 
Moses passes away. And then Joshua is taking over the leadership. And if you look at the first chapter of the book of Joshua, God often repeats this one statement, be bold, be courageous. Be bold, be courageous. And you see, at the end of the book, end of the first chapter, what God says is, haven't I told you be bold and be courageous? So God is telling him, you know, be bold and be courageous. And then by the time it reaches the end of the chapter, God says, haven't I told you? Did I not tell you to be bold and be courageous? See, because God knew the task that Joshua had to do. Joshua had to do and God has already given the victory for that. But Joshua cannot see the victory unless he is bold and courageous. You see, many times the things that we are battling with, things that we are praying about, is already granted, is already given. But the reason why we are not able to see that is because we have this fear, what if I fail? We have this fear, what if I fall apart? We have this fear in our mind, what if something bad happens to me? We often have this fear. I remember when I started preaching, uh, in the first few, uh, first, I think first one, one and a half year, uh, there was always this fear. Okay, I've prepared well. What if I deliver it wrong? What if I preach the wrong sermon? What if I do something wrong and then people don't come back next week? As I, as I started, you know, doing it more and more, more and more, I realized fear is not the reality. Fear is not my future. Fear is not God's plan for me. What is God's plan for me is to prosper, is to accomplish His will and purpose. It is my job to focus on God's purpose and not on fear. So let's say you're walking, you're running the race, and fear is something that comes on the side, you know, just you know, like following you. You turn your attention to fear, you'll be diverted. But you just stay focused on God and say, God, my eyes are fixed on you. You'll be able to conquer every kind of fear. Paul saw fear just as a distraction. He did not entertain fear into his life. You see, fear is something that will keep you away from God. You spend one night being afraid of everything. Next day morning, you wake up, you won't be able to pray. Many times, you know, some of you are not able to pray in the morning because you spend your nights in sadness, in fear. Thinking about your future, about the uncertainty. And you wake up in the morning, fear is something that will keep you from praying. You look at the life of Adam. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3 verse 10. It says like this, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now Adam has committed a sin. Because of sin, fear enters into his life. And see what Adam tells God. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. The reason why, one of the reasons why Adam ran away from God, did not want to meet with God is because there was a fear in his heart that is something in him has changed. He was afraid. He had this fear. See, the more fear enters into our life, the lesser we will be able to pray. But if we, if we can stand against fear and remind ourselves that God has not given you and me a spirit of fear, you know what you'll be able to do? You'll be able to wake up in the morning and rejoice in God's presence. The more you allow fear to rule your heart, the lesser you will spend time with the Lord. Lesser you will spend time with the Lord. You take a person, a person very ambitious. You take a visionary with great goals and great things in mind. You take him and put negative thoughts in his mind. 
every goal that he has will start dying. Why? Because fear can take him away from the purpose that God has for him. You have to understand, fear, fear can paralyze you. I don't know if you have experienced this. Sometimes, you know, if you are too much into fear, you won't be, you won't be able to move out of your bed. You'll feel like, you know, you're, you're paralyzed, you're tied down in the bed, that nothing is going to, you know, it's like you, you can't even move. Fear can do that to you. It can even paralyze you. And that is why when Paul writes to the church at Philippi, what he's telling them is this. He encourages them to focus on the positive thoughts. See, the church at Philippi was not a perfect church. They had problems. They were going through challenges. They were going through persecution. But in all of this, Paul is telling them this in Philippians 4.8. He says, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You know, it's very surprising that we do the direct opposite. Our life is whatever things are false, whatever are uh, unnecessary, whatever is unjust, whatever is impure, whatever is, you know, filled with hatred, whatever is of bad report. If there is anything bad, we think of all that. What Paul tells the church that was going through persecution is that what is good? Think of it. Because the moment you put your mind into negative things, fear will start ruling your heart. The moment you put your mind into unnecessary things, if you start thinking about how people are hating you, how people are treating you, guess what is going to happen to you? You'll be afraid. You'll have a fear in your heart. You wouldn't want to talk to anybody. Paul says, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is of good virtue, if there is anything, meditate on these things. I believe as we begin this year, 2020, the first service, I believe God wants to set our lives right. If there is a room that you've given to fear in your life, I believe God wants to work in that area of your life and make you bold and courageous. Bold and courageous. I believe as we begin this year, God is speaking to us through his word saying, do not give room to fear. Do not give room to fear. As we look at our life, there are a few ways in which fear can find a place in our heart. There are a few doors through which fear can enter into our life. And I want to look at them and and study more about them. The first is this. The first door through which fear can come into our life is this. The first is this. Fear of people's opinion. Let me put it this way. Concerned about people's opinion. What do people think of me? How will they see me? The more we are concerned about people's opinion, it is a door for fear to enter into our hearts. Let me give you a passage. Galatians chapter 2 was 11 and 12. Galatians 2 was 11 and 12. Galatians 2 was 11 and 12. It says like this. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Now who is this passage talking about? Peter. And who is Peter? The man who preached the gospel and 3,000 people were saved. A man who, who raised the lame, you know, made the lame walk through the power of God. It was this man 
that we are reading about. Peter, what happened is, he was eating with the non-Jewish crowd. And when the Jewish crowd came, he sided with the Jewish crowd because he was fearing those of the circumcision. So back in the day, they were having, they, they used to have this meal together called the agape meal. Meal together called the agape meal, agape feast. And in this feast, in back in the early church, Christians from all backgrounds, they'll be slaves, some will be rich, some will be of Gentile origin, Jewish, every kind of people will come together and have a common meal. It was like a potluck, you know, we bring our own food and we share it with the others. So it was a, it was a meal like that. And, and the beauty of Christianity is that all people, different races, everybody are welcome. And so if you, if you look at what, what is happening here, Peter does something that is against the biblical principle. Now the Bible says clearly that there is no Jew nor Greek. There is no slave nor free, no male nor female in Christ Jesus. We have to understand that God doesn't see, oh female, no, 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 you sit, sit there. Male, oh you come up to me, no. To God, everyone is the same. No matter what ethnicity, what race, wherever you come from, God respects everyone. God accepts everyone. Now what Peter is doing is, he is going against this principle. He is eating with the Gentiles, eating something nice. And all of a sudden the Jewish people come in. He changes his place. He goes away and starts eating with the, with the Jewish people. And there is a key word here that tells us that he was fearing those of the circumcision. Basically, he was afraid of people who were saying, if you have to know Jesus, you have to be circumcised. They said, if you have to be saved, if you have to be part of a Jewish nation, you have to be circumcised. Now, all of that was done and over. When Jesus died on the cross, all the traditions and everything was fulfilled. And so there is no need for the circumcision. But, but when people like this came, Peter went off in a different direction. Now notice what fear of people did to Peter. P Peter had this fear about people. Oh, what will they say to me? He had this concern. And see what this fear did to him? Fear made Peter behave in a way that is against godly principles. See, if you're too concerned about people, you are going to act in a way that is against the Bible. If you're concerned about people, you will act in a way where you will compromise the scriptures. Now, let me put it, put it this way. If you're concerned about people, you know that fear will make you disobey God. That fear can make you compromise on godly principles. You know, this is something that I've often thought, oh, I have to be a nice person. I have to be kind and I have to be polite, all of this. Which, you know, you put all of that together, being a nice person, being kind and everything. It basically means be a man pleaser. Be a man pleaser. It's, it's another word for being a person who pleases everybody. Everybody. There's a danger in that. See, the more we please people, the more we will be concerned about what do they say about me? How do they see me? The more we are concerned about how people think about us, that in turn will cause fear when they think something negative. That in turn will cause fear into us when they think something negative. In case of Peter, he was afraid of men. So what he did? He compromised on godly principle. Later, who gets furious with him? Paul gets furious with him. Paul doesn't see senior or junior. 
blasts him in the crowd. <laughs> Paul, Paul was a man who came much later. Peter was on the, in the mountain, saw Jesus glorified, transfigured. He had an amazing experience, but here is Paul, who haven't met Jesus physically, but he has met and seen a vision of him. And Paul says like this in Galatians 2.14, he says, But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentile, not as the Jew, why do you compel Gentiles to live as a Jew? So basically he throws an argument at him, chiding him for what Peter did. You see, there is something to learn from here. If we have a tendency to please men, if we have a tendency to show ourselves as nice people, if we have a tendency to fear influential people, I tell you that is a door through which fear can come into our lives. It's a door through which fear can come into our life. You see, don't be afraid of people. Because the moment you're afraid of people, the moment you're concerned about what they will say, fear will start ruling your life. If you think about it, it's a very common door. It's a very common door through which fear can enter our life. It's important to overcome that. You know, Psalm 118 verse 6 says like this, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalmist says, he is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Basically, this man didn't bother about people. Not that he was not concerned. He wasn't afraid of anybody. Anybody. See, I used to be a person who, who was very concerned about how people would treat me. I used to be that person. And I would behave in such a way to gain favor. Gain favor. But later I realized that this that I have this fear that people might reject me. So I would act in a way that was uh, pleasing to everybody. So I would do anything to keep people happy around me. What I actually didn't see in my life is that through this habit, I had a door open to fear. So often my life was ruled by fear. When I began to realize, I ch began to change myself in a way that I'm more obedient to God than to man. And here's what I... Here's what I've understood. The more you obey God, the lesser you will fear man. The more you obey God, the lesser you are going to fear man. If you obey God, there will be no fear of people in your heart. But just take the situation, Paul and Peter here. If Paul was thinking of Peter, oh, Peter is one of the great apostles, did some great things, He's walk, he walked to Jesus, all of these things. If Paul looked at that and did not correct Peter, what would have happened is, many would have followed Peter in the same habit. Because you go back to the verse in Galatians chapter 2, verse uh, 11 and 12. Can, we, can you put up verse 13? Galatians chapter 2, verse 13. Here's what happens in verse 13. What happens is, is that, and the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So it's not just Peter who did that. People saw Peter doing it and people also did what Peter was doing. And if Paul thought to himself, oh, this is a great man, how can I say anything? Paul doesn't bother. You know why? He obeyed God than men. Than men. 
And because he obeyed God, there was no room for fear in his heart. The more we are concerned about people, the more we want to gain favor from people, the more we are afraid of influential people. Let me tell you something. Your life will always be ruled by fear. But the more you let yourself open and say, God, it is you who matters and no one else, you know what's going to happen? Fear will not have a room in your heart. Fear will not have a room in your heart. I believe God wants to work in some of your lives because there are certain areas where we are more worried about people, more concerned about what people will say. And I believe God wants to change and transform your lives so that you will never be fearful of man, but will always be obedient to God. Amen. Let me put it this way. If you are afraid of people, you will not obey God. You're afraid of people. If you're concerned about people, you will never be able to obey God. You can only serve one master, either God or man. And the Bible says, serve God alone. Amen. This is the first door that can cause fear to enter our hearts. Let's look at the second one. Second door through which fear can enter our life. Second one. The second door through which fear can enter our life is worry about the future. I don't know how many of you worry about the future. It's a common thing at this age. But what you may not realize is that through your worries, fear finds a place in your heart. Jesus said like this in Matthew 6.34. He says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Jesus is not talking about 2021. <laughs> not talking about 2022. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. We, we have this tendency to worry about the future wondering what's going to happen to us Jesus is saying don't worry about the future for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble Jesus is talking specifically about being worried about the future and if you look at the Greek word it's called merimnan which means worrying anxiously worrying anxiously The Jews had this saying, the Jews had this saying that if you have a loaf of bread for tomorrow, if you had a loaf of bread for tomorrow, and if you're still worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow, then you are a man of little faith. Let me give you this perspective. Let's, let, let me, let's put it in an Indian context. Let's say if you have a bowl of rice for tomorrow, and if you're still worried, what am I going to eat? Though you have everything. You are a man of little faith. See, many times we worry, but what we need is already there. Many times it's already there. We, we think about, oh, how am I going to do this? It's already granted by God. We're just in the habit of worrying about the future. Worrying about the future. I don't know what, uh, some of you might think, okay, I don't know what the future is going to be like. I don't know how everything is going to come together. All such thoughts might be ruling and might be causing fear in our life. Jesus says, don't worry. There is no reason for you to worry about the future. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but God knows. And because God knows, He has already set everything for you. You just have to live to see another day and not worry about the future. Not worry about the future. As I told you in the beginning, when I began to preach... I would often have this thought, even though I'm fully prepared, I'm prepared for most of my, 99% of my sermons, 
And I would often have this thought, oh God, what if I don't speak well? What if I don't do well? Are people going to come? Are people going to come back next week? And what God has been doing in my life for the past few months is that he's been teaching me saying, you prepare, do your job, leave the rest to me. Leave the rest to me. Because what will happen is the moment we allow fear to enter into our lives, even if there is no reason to make any mistake, we will end up making some mistakes. Even if there is no reason to, you know, possibility of a mistake, because there is fear in our hearts, there's always this panic and we do something and we say something that is not necessary. But if we let fear go, if we stop worrying about the future and just submit it all to God saying, God, I know you will take care of this for me. Guess what is going to happen? Your future will be glorious. Every day will be amazing when you put fear aside, when you put worries aside and say, Lord, you work in my life. You work in my life. Worries cause fear in our life. Jesus said, do not worry about life. In Matthew chapter 6, 27, Jesus said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I tell you, none of us have gained anything by worrying. You can worry about your future, worry about your marriage, worry about your studies, everything about your work and about the things that you have to do. You cannot change anything by worrying, but you can change situations by giving into God's hand. And that is what we are hesitant to do most of the time. We would rather worry than pray. We, we, we are so good at sitting down and thinking how miserable our life is. We are so good at sitting down and talking to someone, oh my life is like this, I am going through this, than praying. Because worry comes to us naturally. We are human beings. But God says, don't worry. Because your future is already taken care of. Because by worrying, you have not accomplished anything. And many times the reality is this, by worrying, we have lost many blessings in our life. We have lost many blessings in our life. God says, can all your ad worries add single moment to your life? The answer is no. If you look at verse 31 of Matthew chapter 6, it says like this, Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Verse 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Isn't that amazing? See, the more we worry, we open a door to fear in our life. And sometimes, you know, we will think to ourselves, oh, I'm so afraid, I'm so fearful of everything. We'll come to church and we'll try to cast out the demon. You're like, get out of the name of Jesus. You try, try, it doesn't go. Why? Because you have a door wide open. The moment you step outside the church, you're worrying, oh God, tomorrow is Monday, what am I going to do? Uh, I have to do this, I have to do this. How am I going to manage? Worry takes over our life and because of that there's a door wide open to fear but the bible says do not worry about what you want to, what you have to eat don't worry about what you have to drink or what you shall wear your father knows isn't that beautiful your father knows everything you need more than you know your needs god knows your needs and he is already ready to grant it to you already already ready to grant it to you when I came to ministry, a couple of people told me that unless you have, unless you receive a specific amount of offering every month, don't come to Mangalore. Obviously, you know, there are expenses. 
it was a practical advice but it didn't work i just came i came and i tell you so far god has led me faithfully you know why it's not because of me but because i serve a god who knows my needs i tell you for each one of you sitting here you don't have a reason to worry why because god knows each one of your needs and he's going to grant it according to his riches and glory you compare god's riches with any riches of this world is nothing ambani might be the richest bill gates might be the richest jack ma might be might be the richest all these rich guys are there but all their riches are like paisas in front of god are your heavenly father is rich and wealthy and has great blessings to give you and if you're going to worry you know what's going to happen you'll never receive your blessings properly you'll always be distracted why because worry brings in fear and fear will keep you from following god fear will keep you from pursuing god and fulfilling his purpose let me tell you this god did not design you for fear if you look at the life of paul he did not entertain worry in second corinthians 4:8 it says like this we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair paul had every reason to be afraid of life paul had every reason to worry about life but he's saying we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair he's saying we have not given up anything yet we're going through tough times but you're still holding on in verse 16 he says therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day what is paul saying here we're not losing heart you know if you and i were in the situation of paul we would have given up and ran away long back but this man he's saying no we have not given up on anything he had every reason to worry about the future yet he chose to stay joyful in the lord in philippians 4:12 he says like this i know how to live on almost nothing on almost anything or with everything you give me 100 rupees i know how to survive in 100 rupees you give me 1 lakh i know how to survive in 1 lakh i have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach even if we you know even if we have a full stomach or something we still crave for a dessert and even if that dessert isn't right we crave for something that that's me <laughs> paul saying even if it's a full stomach even if it's the empty even if it's plenty even if it's little he knows how to live and the way to live is not by worrying but by rejoicing in god every day i don't know what you've been afraid of i don't know what you've been afraid of afraid about the future of life or everything in general you might be wondering where is this fear coming to me you might be thinking i'm not a fearful person i'm bold but there is fear that is ruling in my heart and i believe god wants to speak to you saying because of your worries fear has crept into your life because you have this habit where you're concerned about people about pleasing people you have fear that is ruling in your heart god says get away from all these things stop letting worries rule your life stop allowing people to rule your life because if you can just work on these two areas of your life i tell you you will have a future you have a life where you will be bold and courageous where you'll always be focused on god and nothing else amen remind yourself this let's go back to second timothy chapter 
what does it say for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind you see sound mind is a problem in our world today it's so hard to uh, a lot of youngsters have become so unfocused people are losing their their attention span like they like you try to speak to somebody for more than 10 15 minutes they start losing it but when you spend time with the lord what happens is everything comes back together he gives you a sound mind he gives you everything that you need but if you allow fear to rule your heart what is going to happen is that you will always be enslaved by people you will always be enslaved by the worries and your your life will be filled with fearful thoughts you see some for some fear has got into their life so much so much some do not even step out of their house there are documentaries where you can watch that people have been they've locked themselves up in their house for 20 years never seen outside world why because they're afraid of the outside fear is not something that is simple it's something supernatural it comes from the enemy and it is our job it is our duty to know when fear is coming into our life or fear is in our house if it's there you have to see where have i allowed fear to come into my life maybe there is a worry maybe there is a habit of pleasing people if you can work on these two things ask god for help he will help you overcome every fear i want you to know this church that you you are a child of god not a slave to fear you are the child of god why don't we stand up in god's presence as we pray we're going to sing that song once again no longer slaves to fear at the end of the after the end of the prayer we're going to remind ourselves once again that you and i were not designed for fear you and i were not made to be afraid you and i were made to live in freedom live in peace with our god why don't we close our eyes just lift up your hands to heaven and ask god god is there is there an area in my life where i'm afraid is there an area in my life where i'm fearful is there an area in my life where i'm afraid of people concerned about people is there an area lord help me overcome that help me overcome that master